Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. Welcome back, Mr. Matt Greaser. We all know him as Footjoy's sign boy and the voice. The voice. Of the immature Wheel of Cheese. On Jesus, the cheese the immature Wheel of Cheese. And my co-host on the long-forgotten... The legendary long-forgotten... Golf Channel show called... Plugged in. Peter Jacobson plugged in. PJPI kids. Now we did some pretty cool stuff. We had a we we had a run of about three or four years. I'm gonna say three. I don't think in. we got into our fourth. I think they gave us the old keys to the street before that. <laughs> One of the fun trips we took, we went down to Guantanamo Bay to visit the troops. We went that down. That was incredible. We shot three or four shows. We took Hootie and the Blowfish with us. And we flew down on a C-130T transport. We landed at Guantanamo Bay. We got the dogs uh, stiffened for contraband. Uh, uh, I know. I have to backtrack. This was one of my favorite parts of traveling with Hootie and the Blowfish. So they're playing the night before nearby in Florida. So you and I, I flew with you, producer, other people. We all got in the night before. We are supposed to meet at the, I forget the name of the base, but in Jacksonville, Florida. And we had about a 6.30 a.m. call time to meet up. So the boys have played a concert night before. They're on their tour bus. They pull up. And your friend, I don't want to name names. He's FBI. So I don't know if we can throw his name. Your friend from the FBI said, hey, guys, here's the deal. They are going to have guard dogs. There's going to be stuff there. So imagine Hootie and all the roadies have just stepped off the bus. And as soon as he says, we are going to have guard dogs, everyone goes back on the bus to get rid of their stash. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be sniffing for contraband. It so was said, hilarious. We'll give you 10 minutes to... Uh, I'm not saying you're holding anything. I'm not saying a word. But there will be dogs uh, when we land. All uh, of them march right back into funny. the bus. That was so good. So we land down there and we immediately are thrust into the middle of what Guantanamo Bay is. And... We did so many cool things. The one thing that stuck with me was when we walked the wire between uh, Communist Cuba and Guantanamo Bay and the Marines that were guarding the wire. And it was all business. I didn't realize when we got there. I thought we were just going to look from the stand and look across at Cuba proper, so to speak. And when when the soldiers brought us over, the Marines that brought us over, and they they spoke to us about, you're being watched right now. And we're kind of like, yeah, really? And they put us up in the tower and very slowly. They said, first of all, you're going to move slowly. You're not going to make wild moves with your arms. You're not going to be animated at all. We are being watched right now. So we want to do anything that would, would heighten a danger aspect of somebody looking at us. We're like, well, I don't even know what that means. I'll just keep my arms on my side. And do you remember when you got up there and looked, did you look through the binocs? Yes. So you get in, you look, and there's a guy, I don't know. 3,000 yards away, looking right back at you. That's right. And I was like, oh, my God. And they said, don't make any quick moves. Just everybody don't slow. do anything. But this is our checkpoint. Right. And they don't mess around with this. Right. And I was like, this is no joke, dude. And, and what was fun about it, because we, we we saw the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, mm-hmm. and the Marines. Yep. And they're on duty. So yeah. we're going up to guys like we're at a cocktail party. Hey, man, how yeah. you doing? Yeah. And they're staying staring straight ahead. They're on duty. They're not messing with no. you. So we ended up not messing with them. But then when everybody was off and we went to PX that night and we go for the party, yeah. everybody wants to do a shot. Yeah. They said, dude, I saw you on the wire today. Want to do a shot. We must have done 30 shots I don't for know. like three it, nights in some, a row. Sometimes you got to try a new thing now and then. Would that be a new thing for mm-hmm. you? A shot of tequila? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's, that's good. I heard a lot enough. about it, even though my birthday is Cinco de Mayo. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was incredible. But when we, what was really cool was the general, what I found out later was that the general basically pulled the rule that they could drink. Everybody could. There were only certain people that were allowed to drink on the base. 
And while we were there that one night, they had left it. Do you remember, though, sitting at that outdoor, like, tiki bar? And they had these banana rats that would walk up and look at you. They were as big as a dog, as big as a beagle. And they would just sit on their hind legs and just stare at you. Scared the bejesus Well, how about, when we, remember we did the little par three? Yeah. We took down, we took down baseball bats, baseballs, and baseball gloves, and, and golf equipment. And we did a little par three with all the troops. All and under. You all under. All under. Yeah. We actually. You brought flags that said TPC Guantanamo Bay. Bay. That, that was a, good. That turned it into a little TPC. That was good. South of the border. <laughs> and do you remember we had, remember those iguanas, those five foot iguanas would walk around the Insane. golf course? Insane. It looked like alligators. It was crazy. It was crazy. What they said later was that there's a lot of species that are stuck on that island that try to make their way across the world and get caught on that island and never left. That's why the banana rats, I mean, I think. They say they exist elsewhere, but it was crazy. But didn't the guard, guard dog sniff out a banana rat in your golf bag trying to come back? I thought we were past this. Okay, I mean, I'm legally, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I can still talk it. about it, but let, let, let's cut that out. Moving but, on. But, but the greatest piece of it all was at the very end, the last night. Yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. Full they, concert. Full concert. And it was so cool to see all, all the divisions of the, the military service on the lawn. Having a blast. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, it was just a, it was a, a, it was kind of a feel good trip that was very patriotic. I didn't realize how much they needed a release to just cut loose and have fun. Uh, you know, we're living our lives, we're flying in and out of there. These guys are daily on patrols, high alert. Um, and and also remember when we ate lunch with some of the Marines that they have to live during the Geneva Convention says you have to live in similar conditions uh, conditions to the to the prisoners so they were all sleeping in tents and cots and uh one guy I was having dinner with said he was from virginia he said it was supposed to be a six-month tour how long he goes i've been here uh 14 months talked to my wife once a week got yeah. a son i mean it just was brutal to hear they were there and they these people were there a long time three times longer than they told they were going to be originally and well we both share a great love and respect for the military yeah and, absolutely uh, this is a shout out to all the brave servicemen and women that protect us and, and uh, help us live the way that we live our lives. For us to be sitting here and doing a silly podcast, by the way. Yeah, and for us to go down to Guantanamo Bay just really gave us a peek into uh, what these brave people do to protect us. So many, many thanks to them. Yeah. I want to just go back and talk about one of the times we had when we shot Plugged In. Mm-hmm. I've been involved with a game called Golden Tea since its inception. It's a classic. It's a cult favorite. And I've done voiceovers there with Jim Nance and... Okay, I'm going to ask you, though, because I want to know when it started. When you first recorded, when you first did the deal to be one of the announcers on Golden Tea, who was your partner? Pat Summerall. Summerall, that's right. Pat Summerall. Excuse me. It's okay. We can bleep this out, right? That's the Pepsi Max doing its work. (laughs) So when I first started, Pat Summerall and I were doing the voiceover, and now it's Jim Nance. Yeah. So... When people play Golden Tea, for all of those out there that don't know Golden Tea, it's a parlor game. It's a bar game. And yeah, they have a it's an arcade, ball. stand-up arcade game. Yep, and you, you, you roll the ball to hit the shot. Yep. Well, what we decided to do was set up live commentary in a bar in Eugene after a University of Oregon football game. And I was the host, and you were my sidekick. Yes, and I proudly wear, was wearing my collar sweatshirt a la Belushi. Uh, and since Animal House was shot there at University of Oregon. Proud to say. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite things was walking around that campus, seeing the Dean's house, going by where the food fight was, all that stuff. It's amazing. It's all still there. It's, it's awesome. It's still there. It's, it's, it's awesome. Such Once a, again, I've taken us off track. I don't it's know okay. No, no, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now we'll get back on track. We're going to get back to the golden tea yeah, so in the bar. So what we did is we were in a trailer out back watching these 
kids around midnight after a few pops yeah. come up and play the game. Yeah. So the kids have been having, they've been, they've been trying beer for the first time, and they want to come up and play this game. And these guys did a brilliant job. Our, our crew, our sound guys, AV guys, were able to wire it so that we had speakers in the machine facing the people playing the machine, but we were in microphones in the machine. So we were outside in a van watching on a secret camera, and we would then improvise reactions rather than the normal announcement on the game. So just to recreate it, a guy would walk up and say, hey, let's play, let's play Call of Duty. You want to play? Give it a try, sporty! Okay, and when they put the money in, I would say, welcome to Golden Tea. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. Joining me, as always, my sidekick, Matt Greaser. Hey, Peter, glad to be here with you. It's unbelievable. It's going to be an exciting day on the course. Let's see what this kid does. <laughs> and then the kid would would hit it in the water, and he'd bang the machine. And, and I'd say, go, ow, don't hit me. And then he hit me again and go, ow, 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 ow. And then at one point you said, hey, let the drum chick with the blue beans play. <laughs> and she came up, but then she came up to play and she goes, what is going on? Can this thing is talking. Can they see us? She wigged out. She was, yeah. It was so funny. But we did that she for had, about two hours. I know. It was incredible. And I mean, finally, the amount of people. My daughter people. Amy and her husband Jonas were in the bar watching this. Yeah. Nobody figured out that we were doing no, this live. They looked around the machine. They couldn't figure out what was going on. There was no way. We finally, I finally went in and said hi to them, and they still really didn't get it that we were outside in a van talking to them. And it all was perfect. It I, was I did great. my favor as a guy would hit it. You know, you're, when you play the game, it's usually like a kind of a simple reaction shot. So let's say you you see a guy hit the ball in the water, and when you're really doing the game, you you go do it. Sound like oh, not enough club. But now we're standing there like, come on, slick, try to get it over the water. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little more brutal commentary. It was good. It's stuff I didn't expect, which I loved. Matt, great to see you. Thanks for joining us on the Jake's Takes podcast. We're going to do more of this stuff. I love it. I want to do a lot more of these. I'm going to move to Portland. We'll do one a week. You're going to have to pay part of my condo rent, though. That's going to be pricey. Not possible. (laughs) Just walking in seems simple enough. Besides all the noise, it doesn't seem so tough. So why am I nervous? Why am I scared? Can't stop thinking it's a jungle in here. I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and I'm a proud University of Oregon duck. And I love being from the Pacific Northwest. But when all three of my children went east for college, I knew I needed to change things up. I wanted to get back into their same time zone. So after an extensive search, my wife and I ended up in the Naples, Florida area. But I wished I'd had Golf Life Navigators to help me make that decision. Golf Life Navigators is like Match.com meets Zillow. It's the only place you can go to uncover your ideal golf lifestyle. So go to GolfLifeNavigators.com and fill out the Pro Guide 3 questionnaire. It will ask you all the pertinent questions like, where do you want to live? Or how do you want to experience your golf? Then it matches you to golf clubs and you get to choose which one has the best environment for you. Look, I I really don't understand the internet or how it works, but it's so easy even I can figure this out. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in here. I'm joined once again by Mike O'Connell, the COO of Peter Jacobson Sports. Former captain of the Notre Dame golf team, a pretty good player in his own right. So, Mike, one of the things that we we obviously see a lot of golf and we see a lot of young players. 
So there are players in 2020 that I want to keep my eye on. So tell me somebody that you want us all to watch or somebody that might become a great player in the future. Well, one that jumps out would be Matthew Wolf, who just turned pro out of Oklahoma State. He's, he's got a different looking type of swing, but man, does it have a ton of power. He obviously came out and won this past year on tour, so I don't know if he'd be a new one to watch, but he's, he's just got a different type of action that looks like it has a lot of staying power, I guess, if you will. The one thing I love about Matthew Wolf's golf swing is in this age of technology with the video cameras and all the gurus and all the the smart teachers in the game they basically analyze players with swings that work and you look at nicholas and 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 palmer and and uh, adam scott tiger woods these players have beautiful golf swings and what teachers do is they try to match these positions matthew wolf does none of that on the backswing. He does on the downswing. But when you watch Matthew Wolf, all he does is make a big turn with his body and he carries his arms back and he doesn't really let the club cock into a normal position. It's almost a bit shut and way across the line at the top. But what he does in that transition from the backswing to the downswing, that club head drops behind him, gets into the proper position, and the speed is incredible. Well, it's funny, uh, back when I was growing up, there was a guy who's made a lot of money named Jim Furyk, who everybody said, that swing is not going to last on tour. Well, if you can make it out on tour, that, that's probably the hardest part is getting out and getting full-time access. And then if you can get comfortable, the, the quicker you can get comfortable out there, the better your odds are for success. So it's kind of stages playing the PGA Tour in my mind. Matthew Wolf's swing looks nothing like anybody else's and. I have a nine-year-old son who's, who's pretty into golf. We're at the range a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I look over and he's imitating somebody's swing. And I go, we had never talked about Matthew Wolf. He had obviously seen that he won on tour. And I go, Hudson, I go, what, what are you doing? He goes, I'm imitating Matthew Wolf. And he's nine years old. So that, that said a lot to me right there about this guy is different. I love the power he has. And he just seems like he has a really, really good head on his shoulders. That, that's a recipe for success on the PGA Tour. What about a player who you think is going to bounce back from a disappointing 2018-19 season? Well, I think when you're looking at players where it could be a, a quick bounce back, you look at somebody that, that is a good ball striker because chipping and putting can come and go. Good ball striking tends to not go away quickly. Um, somebody that would jump to mind would be a, a Oregon former Oregon Duck, Aaron Wise. He's he's super long, uh, but more importantly with that length, he tends to hit it solid every single time. I, sophomore slump sometimes happen to guys. Aaron came out one real his first year on the PGA Tour, and now you kind of move up to that next phase of, of playing the tour, and it's how comfortable can you be being that guy who's trying to win his second time and. Sometimes that might lead to a little bit of a sophomore slump. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back and won multiple times. You mentioned short game. Uh, when, when Aaron won the AT&T Byron Nelson Classic in Dallas, he just made clutch putt after clutch putt. And, and I, I happen to believe that talent can maybe sometimes hide, but it never goes away. And sometimes when a player with that kind of ability, any player 
with with PJ Tour ability, when they struggle, it's usually something other than golf. There's it, life happens to us all. So I agree with you. I think Aaron Wise is somebody to keep their eye on in this new season to bounce back and possibly win their second PGA Tour event. You've been here before, you know what to do. Keep your head on straight, don't let them get to you. Put a smile on your face, get rid of that frown. Gotta suck it up, it's no time to melt. I don't know if your body hurts like mine, but I look back over my PGA Tour career and I actually used to run two or three miles a day. I can't even imagine running today. I used to go to the gym. I used to lift weights. I used to, on the treadmill and the elliptical, I was, I wouldn't say I was in every day, but I was in probably two or three times a week. Nowadays, these players have taken it to the, to the next level. They're in they're in the gym twice a day on competitive round days, which is which blows my mind. But now that I'm 65 years old, I've had a couple of hip replacements and a knee replacement and back surgery. I hope you can't relate to this, which would mean uh, you're, you're in, still in pretty good shape. But if you do relate to this, I've got to share with you something. My daughter, Kristen, who's a, who's a doctor, she told me that she heard of this new group popping up called Stretch Lab. And she said there was one up in Mount Kisco, New York, where, where she lives. So I decided to take a, uh, take a chance. I went up and I had an appointment. Well, I, I'm hooked. I have now been going to the stretch lab here in Portland, Oregon, as well as uh, in New York. And I go in a couple times a week and I get stretched. Now, obviously, we get stretched in the PGA Tour fitness van. And it's an essential thing. But these guys stretch me like I've, I've never stretched before. And as a result, I feel much better. I feel like I've got a little bit of a, a spring in my step. I feel like my golf game has gotten a little bit better. So the moral to this story is if your body hurts like mine, maybe start looking at doing more stretching, a little bit more intense work with, with a stretching technique or a stretching regimen I think it's gonna surprise you. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up, making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. We all know it, and we all know it. We all know it. This is amazing. You gotta check this out. I came across an old tape. From 1984, National League Championship Series, it was the Chicago Cubs versus the San Diego Padres. Uh, A young Harry Carey had invited a young businessman, Donald J. Trump, up to the press box. you got to check this out. This happened at Wrigley Field. Listen. Well, they get him a Budweiser. Hey, we're back. And we're here with this uh, entrepreneur kid. I love this this guy here. Um... Say it again for me, Donnie. It's Donald J. Trump. It's going to be Donald J. Trump with us today, here in the booth. Can I sing the seventh inning stretch? I think we've already got a guy coming in to do that. I'm much better. I'm a great singer. I've sung thousands and thousands of songs, and they're all great. 
I'm sure they are. I, I wouldn't argue with that. I just think that little Sally Farquhar from North Plains, Indiana is going to be upset if she doesn't get to do the singing. I'm not only a great singer, but I'm a developer. I build buildings. I'm a good golfer. I play cricket. I'm excellent at cards, and I love Jenga. Tell me a little bit. It says here that you've opened a children's boutique. It's called uh, Trump Treasures or something like that. What, what is this about? It's one of my favorite ventures that I'm so excited about. It's going to be a huge success. Ball three might put them on. Anyway, Donnie, I'm wondering, the shoes you're wearing today, I've never seen such a shine on a gorgeous pair of dress shoes. It's a patent leather golf shoe. I took the cleats out. It's a special brand that only I can find. They're made in Guatemala, a country I love. I can understand it. I, I go down to Guatemala and watch some of the prospects play. I love to play polo in Guatemala. I've got some great friends down in Guatemala. I, lo I love that you got you got a place down there. That's fantastic. I, I, I have places everywhere, and it is terrific, and it's wonderful to be able to travel. I've been to hundreds and hundreds of places in the world. Chin music, that might be a problem between the pitcher and the batter at this point. Donnie, interesting stuff you're bringing up here to us. I'll tell you what, this next inning, I want to ask you about something else you got going on. Apparently, you've done a deal with the Lego company to have uh, your, your buildings all done in Lego. Yes, I've done that. Lego is a fantastic company. Excellent people. Donnie, let me company. ask you something, though, Donnie. Wouldn't that just be square, tall, like the children would just build a structure that's square and tall? Yes, but that's what I do. I build beautiful buildings. They're big. They're tall. They're terrific. And your, your name's on the Lego? Can I, I, can I pick thousands it? and thousands and thousands Understood. of buildings, Harry. Understood. He's getting a little out under the collar. Outside! Well, that'll end the inning. I got to tell you, it's been a treat having this kid, Donnie Trump, up here to talk with us. Donnie, sounds like you got big things going on. I have a lot going on, and I've played in 37 club championships in the world, and I'm a club champion at 37, maybe more, golf clubs. Ah. In the world. I'm going to be honest, that's got to be a record. 37 club championships. I think you might be pulling the old donger here on that one, but that's okay. Not true, not true. Oh. Fake news. I'm sorry about that. I'll tell you what, we're going to be back right after this after a word from Budweiser. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours? <laughs>